Hello, middle of the road maestros and really unrevealing R&B lovers, and welcome to the newest edition of Bad Things, the podcast where we plow through the eBay of awful to find you a seller who's definitely not going to meet up with you at the agreed collection point. As ever, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host in this adventure into the awful, the man who would have been cast as Hairy Spice if he'd been at that audition in 1994. It's Mr. Jacob Simmons. Jerry Nerick, hey. salutations to you, Jacob. You. How's it going? That was fantastic. That's the best one yet. Jerry Thank Nerick. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Yes, very well. Uh, it's been sunny today which uh, always helps my mood. And I'm very much looking forward to revisiting not just the uh, the mid to late 90s, but also the early 2000s. Our favourite period, Nathan. It's back. The ultimate period of just zero compassion <laughs> in almost every stream of entertainment. Oh, yes. And Jacob, I suppose uh, with that uh, time capsule that you've introduced there, what are we going to be discussing today? Well, second time was the charm in the poll. It's a music review as, uh, well, we've we've, we've switched now because I guess the April episode last year would have been film or TV, but because we had the Wilsons, it's now music. So uh, it's a nice bit of a nice bit of changing pace there. That's not important. What is important is it's our first ever female led episode because we're progressive it only took us 15 months it is the eponymous self-titled and thus far only album by posh spice herself victoria bloody beckham i think we're ultra progressive actually because we have exposed the wrongness of men (laughs) um and we're only now getting to an album uh, which has the name of a woman attached. That was a very weird way of explaining <laughs> what I wanted to explain. Oh, we're three minutes in. Oh, dear. Uh, this is why we don't record on evenings. No, it's another evenings one, folks. Remember the last one we did of that? It was it was bad. Right, yes. Next up to the chopping block is the aloof one, the fashion one, the posh one, Victoria Beckham. As we deep dive, or as much as we can, because information is very scant on this album, into her only eponymously titled studio album. Let's get to it before she sues us with her £355 million fortune with some prehistory. Jacob, take us back to the early days of Victoria Beckham. Where did she come from? How are we graced with her presence? Well, she is from a place that I've actually been to on a scouts camping trip. <laughs> Here it is, the anecdote. When I, uh, when I was maybe 12, uh, the wonderful jewel of Britain, Harlow in Essex, which is renowned <laughs> for being a really dangerous place to live. Uh, and she was raised in another place I've actually been to, Goffs Oak in Hertfordshire, which is a significant step up from Harlow. <laughs> and I'm saying that from like a statistic standpoint, not from a personal view. I had a lovely time uh, when I was a scout there. Uh, any any memories of the trip? Any... I, I, the, I, str- I, I strategically didn't mention that because I can't remember a single thing that happened on that trip. That was the idea, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, it was it was designed to give us a very bland experience, yes. Victoria is the eldest of three children. Uh Jacqueline Doreen is her Doreen. Doreen <laughs> is her mum, her nice. knee cannon. Yeah. J- Jacqueline Cannon sounds like a, a sort of piece of heavy artillery, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, we got the Jacqueline Cannon. Oh, <laughs> some no, of the, the posh voices out already. Some of the Jacqueline Cannon. Jacqueline was a former insurance clerk. Cl- is it clerk or clerk? Good it's question. Clark, isn't it? I don't. I think it's both. You know, it's both. Let's go both. And a hairdresser at the um, same time. In- Interesting combination. Yeah, yeah, she was on the phone and she was cutting hair. <laughs> and Anthony William Adams, who worked as an electronics engineer, or is he electronics? <laughs> oh, an electronics engineer and a bricklayer. They formed an electronics wholesale business, which allowed a comfortable upbringing for Victoria, also known as they were really fucking rich. <laughs> um, her sister Louise and her brother Christian. Did you find out about uh, Victoria's revolutionary past? I did. Yes, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing research, Nathan. Uh, her her great 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 grandfather was a German artist and revolutionary, and I do apologise in advance by the name of Karl Heinrich Fander, who was good friends with both Karl Marx and Engels. <laughs> And uh, her great-great-grand-uncle, which I'm not sure is an actual word, but it's in the script, uh, was a politician from the good old US of A in Minnesota by the name of William Fander. Wonder if you had any run-ins with Prince. And there's the reference for <laughs> Hey, this there we go. Every time Minnesota comes up, it's bloody Prince. And of course, we're going to get to another revolutionary work when we talk about the album. So we've got it all covered here. After watching the musical Fame in 1980, it's just weirdly specific, um... <laughs> She decided to pursue a musical career, so her parents enrolled her at Jason Theatre School. <laughs> Jacqueline Theatre School. <laughs> Jason uh, Theatre School ni- uh, was her uncle, I believe. <laughs> in 1991, Beckham entered Lane Theatre Arts in Epsom, Surrey, and studied dance and modelling. And she also attended St Mary's High School in Chessant, where she was embarrassed by her family's wealth and often begged her father not to drop her off outside the school gates in his Rolls Royce. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they were... I, I know she's called Posh Spice, but I didn't think this was... We were talking Rolls Royce money. That's ludicrous. I don't understand how she attended both a theatre arts school and a high school. I'm very confused by the timeline there. Yeah, I don't know. You weren't kidding when you said she was the mysterious one. I- indeed. Eventually, she became a member of a band called Persuasion, and I actually found a clip of a member of Persuasion talking about Victoria. Um, Would have included it in our notes, Jacob, but it was really boring. Um, (laughs) And it was just just the interviewer going, oh, you know, Victoria, and then the Persuasion member being like, yeah, she's really nice, yeah, yeah, oh, you know, yeah, she was nice, yeah, and it just went on and on. Um, So we won't be hearing from any of the members of Persuasion here. Um... And, uh, yeah, sorry, guys, that's it. Nearly as short as the uh, Owen Quigg (laughs) prehistory there. Because uh, Victoria ended up attending a March 1994 audition, which means the Spice Girls have been an entity for 27 years, (laughs) just to rub that in. They're older Uh, than you. They are a few months older than me, yes. Um, She auditioned for a new girl group, uh, and I actually found the full transcript for the Spice Girls audition below and jacob it's the return now of brian epstein because i would like you to read this 
<laughs> this advert in the style of Beatles manager and posh music impresario Brian Epstein. Here we go. Well, Victoria probably would have looked at Brian Adams and gone, oh, he's a bit common, isn't he? And, Brian Adams. Uh, Brian, sorry, Brian. That's a, that's another uncle. Sorry, Brian. Brian Epstein. I fucked up the joke. Let's just do. Let's just read this, shall we? Okay. <clears throat> Wanted. Are you? That's the letter R and the letter U because we are down with the young people. Eighteen to twenty-three with the ability to sing slash dance. Are you streetwise, outgoing, ambitious, and dedicated? Heart Management Limited are a widely successful music industry management consortium, currently forming a choreographed singing-slash-dancing all-female pop act for a recording deal. Open audition. Dance works, 16 Balderton Street, Friday the 4th of March, 11am to 5.30pm. Please bring sheet music or a backing cassette. Oh, backing cassette. <laughs> the 90s. So Victoria got into the group and they became the Spice Girls. Uh, we're not going to go into too much detail here because you probably know them quite well. And also there's definitely more bad things potential here. Uh, despite Spice World, the movie becoming a Packham Home movie classic, it does have awful reviews and I'd love to do it sometime on the podcast but we will talk about our favorite spice girls tunes jacob are you an anorak when it comes to the spice girls <laughs> i'm not i would not say anorak i believe wannabe was number one around the time i was born in 97 or was it slightly no i think it might be 96 actually um so i you know totally passed me by the spice girls but i i can appreciate their success i can appreciate what they did for british music at the time uh, being at the forefront of the so-called Cool Britannia movement. Uh, although I'm not sure how cool they are in retrospect. But in terms of the actual tunes, I would say... I'm not massive on, like, a lot of them. I quite like Who Do You Think You Are? Tune. That's a good tune, yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're all fine. They're, they're, they're fun. I think the, the ballads are a bit hit and miss, as most pop ballads are, but... Uh, basically, I think that's in... called Miss, I think, with the ballads. <laughs> I think that's a fair comment. Okay, fair enough. I think my favourite is Emma Bunton because really? she released a song called Maybe after the Spice Girls, which is, to me, a five-star song. Oh, wow. Um, What's that other Emma Bunton song, the really famous one? Uh, Free Me, Downtown. Mm. She did a cover of Downtown. Oh, did she? Oh, oh no, okay. you mean... Uh, I know what you mean. You mean, what took me so long? <laughs> what took you all night? That's it. That's the one. Uh, my favourite Spice Girls song is a song called Say You'll Be There, where in the video they use these weird uh, metallic spinning boomerang things to uh, cut some glasses in half, some <laughs> bottles. Uh, girl power. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned it already. Wannabe is one of the greatest debut pop singles, in my uh, opinion. An unrelenting statement of brash independence, I wrote in the notes. Uh, thanks, previous me, for that uh, succinct <laughs> summation. Jerry had already left the group by the time the Forever album came out in 2000. That's got terrible reviews, so that yes. might be a potential. Come on. Uh, and the band decided to focus on their solo careers. And before we get into more history, we've got our first segment, I think, of 2021 here on Bad Things. I intentionally haven't researched this too much because I want to laugh away at whatever you found out, Jacob. 
I gave you the task of uh, finding out, becoming a correspondent for me on the uh, David and Victoria Beckham wedding. Uh, Jacob, I hand over to you now to go through this lush ceremony. Thank you very much. Well, prior to dating David, and I didn't know this, do you know that Victoria was in a relationship with Corey Heim? I did see that. Is is that the fourth Heim sister now? Um... (laughs) No, no, very much not. The story of the so-called Posh and Becks began long before they ever actually met. Now, this is a line from Beckham's autobiography. Oh, God, literature. In which he writes... My wife picked me out of a soccer sticker book, and I chose her off the telly. It felt straight away like we'd always meant to be together. That's weird. They met at properly at a charity football match in 1996, because if you don't know, David Beckham was a footballer. When they were first introduced to each other, David, who had actually fancied Victoria for quite some time after seeing her music videos, was actually overcome with shyness and failed to make a good impression. Now... David has come forward and said he knew Victoria was long before they actually met. Here's what Victoria had to say of her first meeting with her future husband. (laughs) Here we go. I didn't really know who he was. I was never into football. So, you know, love at first sight, clearly. Because she was slaving away on the Rolls Royce on a weekend. (laughs) Football is the sport of the common man, darling. You don't need to come off. Concern yourself with that. Uh, However, she did express an interest in meeting him again, and the two eventually began dating in 1997. The relationship remained a secret for the first three months, with, according to David, their first kiss coming in a restaurant car park. My money's on Frankie and Benny's. (laughs) KFC, love. (laughs) Round the drive-thru. David proposed in early 1998, and the wedding was on. And what a wedding. And let's just set the tone here of how extravagant this ceremony is going to be. The couple's two engagement rings cost a whopping £200,000 in total. And the Evening Standard actually reported that Beckham gave Posh 14 different engagement rings. (laughs) just sickening like the majority of the population is never going to have that in savings not get anywhere close and bex is there with his 14 uh 14 rings just 14 gold rings (laughs) the couple went on to become absolute darlings of the uk press even after beckham's infamous sending off in the 1998 world cup Their status as tabloid favourites was cemented with the birth of their son, Brooklyn, in March of 1999. And four months later, the couple flew abroad to Ireland to get married, and they did so in style. Now, the venue of this wedding was, and I'm going to make a total pig's ear of this, Latrelston Town Castle, I think. Latrelston Town. Uh, it's a big, it's a 15th century castle on the outs- outskirts of Dublin uh, that once played host to Queen Victoria in the 19th century. So that's what we're dealing with here. Now, I did some reviews into this castle. It holds basically a perfect score on TripAdvisor. There's, there are no <laughs> one-star reviews, but there are two two-star reviews. Would you like to hear one of them? Is it is it uh, her brother Christian or her dad? What's her dad's name? Anthony. That's it. There was yeah. no room for the Royce. <laughs> this is uh, this is one of the reviews. <clears throat> I wanted to say thank you and everyone at Latrelston for executing a perfect event last week. 
Everything was exactly as it was planned, including the sunshine. Two stars. <laughs> that's just that's just finger trouble. Yeah, I don't right. know what's happened there uh, with with Yvonne who left that review, but uh, everything was perfect. Two stars. There we go. <laughs> Uh, the wedding was extremely lavish and attended by 29 of the great and the good from the worlds of entertainment and sport. Who do you think, Nathan, David Beckham's best man was at his wedding? Oh, was it like, I'm going to probably like Gary Neville. It or was someone. Gary Neville. Was it Gary Neville? <laughs> Amazing skills. <laughs> it was Gary bloody Neville. Maybe I read that before and I just subconsciously... <laughs> And the other guests uh, included the other Spice Girls, of course. Bobby Chelton and David Seaman were also <laughs> present for the wedding. Now, Phil Neville was left at home. <laughs> Phil Neville was left on the bench, as he was for most of his playing career. <laughs> the, uh, the wedding, apparently... Now, I'm not sure about this, because a lot of publications reported that the wedding had a Robin Hood theme, which I don't really know what that means, apart from maybe all the guests got robbed at the end. <laughs> Take from the rich to give to the rich. <laughs> That's the only thing I could come up with. Uh, but it was basically, it had a royal theme, basically. Because Victoria had this elaborate gown, a very expensive Vera Wang satin ball gown, and wore an actual tiara crown that was valued between 18 and £25,000 in 2013. <laughs> And was even on display in the V&A Museum at one point in its existence. However, this was not the only outfit on display. As the couple actually got changed for the second portion of the wedding, a matching purple suit and dress combo that Hello! Exclamation mark magazine described as infamous. I did see a photo of this. Uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not aged well. No, I think Beckham has gone on record to say that he did not enjoy wearing that suit. <laughs> I think he may even have had a purple top hat at one point. Oh. And there is a very funny picture of them cutting into a cake with what appears to be a sword. Uh, so <laughs> Thanks, Lou. The couple also sat on actual thrones for their wedding. Proper life-size thrones that somebody bought at auction in 2013. If you've got one of the wedding thrones, get in touch. Because I think that's mental. They had thrones for their wedding. I normally like these two when I see them interviewed, and my opinion may be changing (laughs) slightly. (laughs) Well, wait till you hear this. They also raised their own flag above the castle once the ceremony was complete and released a single dove as, quote-unquote, a symbol of their love. All in all, Nathan, this wedding cost half a million quid (laughs) and employed 437 people. These are the kind of post-corona weddings we need to get people back in in employment. Honestly, I feel like this castle is still coasting off this money that they made for the the Beckham's wedding. They've been buying... That is insane. Um, Half a million quid. Didn't like? I know David comes across well in interviews. Didn't wasn't there a leak of some emails he'd been involved in (laughs) with UNICEF where he'd said some bad stuff? I can't remember now. No, I don't know this. I think there was a lot of swearing. Oh, okay. Um, Are we going to get? Please do not quote. This may have been a dream that I had (laughs) or something. So please do not quote me on this. Are we going to get done for libel? (laughs) I mean, could they not? Like, I think they're doing all right. I don't think they need any cash from us. 
but they need to recoup the loss of this mental wedding. Jacob, thank you very much for that. I mean, that's already in segment of the year. Just going to say that <laughs> straight off. Um, I enjoyed the prehistory of the wedding and the reviews. Uh, thanks, Yvonne, for your two-star review. <laughs> Everything was perfect. Two stars. We're now going to talk about maybe the best song we're going to cover on this entire episode. On the 14th of August 2000, Beckham released her first solo single, even though there's like four other people on the track, <laughs> Out of Your Mind, in collaboration with Dane Bowers, remember him, and True Steppers. Big fan of this song, Jacob. How did you get on? A lot of fun. Really, really fun. Yes. Uh, I thought you were going to slaughter it. I'm so happy. I mean, it's not my usual thing, but I can admit that, you know, if this came on in a club, I would, as the kids say, get turnt and, uh, and enjoy oh, this. Oh, please shut. Please never say that again. <laughs> Songs that get white people turnt. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you've, you've summed it up really nicely in the notes here. It's a really fun UK garage tune. And uh, yeah, I don't really say much more than that, apart from not what I'd normally listen to, but it's good. I can appreciate that it's a lot of fun. I'm going to say this a lot on this podcast, like how terrible all of this sounded at the time and how good it all sounds now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think yeah, at the time this this sort of music had a, a rep for being a bit sort of, I don't know, cheap maybe or uncultured, but... I'm glad. I think, as Paul McCartney might say, seriously urban. (laughs) Oh dear. I love the vocal interjections of Dane Bowers. I don't know what happened to him. I know he was on a series of Big Brother about ten years ago. (laughs) Uh, Victoria's voice is uh, interesting, and we're going to talk more about that as we go, as we go on. But oh, the percussive elements are great. Dane's just like I'm not out of my mind. Oh, so good. Um, you're going to hear a lot of that weird voice from me today because I, I can't sing most of this material seriously. Um, but yeah, what a way to enter um, the pop charts. I vaguely remember this at the time. The week I was five or so, I would have been six. The okay. the week of the release coincided with the release of. Uh, we're talking about like a five star song here. Uh, Groove Jet, If This Ain't Love, by Spiller, which featured Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Thanks for your kitchen discos throughout the pandemic, Sophie. Uh, resulting in a chart battle dubbed as Posh versus Posher <laughs> by great. the tabloids. So what car would have Ellis-Bexter's dad had? <laughs> it would have been a plane. It would have been just a plane. Just a Learjet would have pulled up outside Morrison's. <laughs> Groovejet won. Uh, for once, the British public probably got it right. Just uh, um, a small moment of appreciation for Sophie Ellis Bexter is uh, an incredible woman. How is she? She's got like. Well, I mean, actually, no, it's very strange because both her and Victoria ended up having four children, uh, and they're I both. I think she's got five. She got Bexter. five. Bloody I hell! I think she might have five. I think they're all boys as well, which is interesting. And she's still the, the thinnest woman I've ever seen. Oh God, I'm not going to get into that discussion. <laughs> well, but, it's not uh, even a, it's not even a looks good thing. It's just biologically. How has that happened? <laughs> is that is that your advert? I want to find me a woman who will bear my children. 
No, I've just. Uh, this isn't a sex thing. This is just. Uh, this is just a how does your body work thing. I don't understand. Oh, I think I can hear you still shoveling your own grave there. Um, <laughs> Victoria lost the chart battle. Sophie was quite funny and uh, maybe a little bit horrible to Victoria at this time. Uh, some of the clips I've seen. Um, but it didn't stop Victoria signing a record contract with Virgin, who were fucking huge at this time. Um, leading to this album, the eponymous album, Victoria Beckham, released on the 1st of October 2001, which is actually late. I thought it was released in 2000, but uh, late 2001 on Virgin Records. Beckham was the last member of the Spice Girls to release a solo album. I could just hear, you know, all the execs rubbing their hands with glee when they all split up. Do we, do we know much about the other Spice Girls uh, solo stuff at this time? I, I haven't done any research, but I know Jerry Halliwell had a couple number one singles. I Jerry think, had a time. song called Look At Me, which was one of my first video singles that I owned. Wow. Great tune. Didn't she also... She had like a faux Latin song yes. as well. Yes, oh, that well, was called... She? Oh, that's going to really annoy yeah. me. Was it like Signori? It wasn't Signorita. It was something like <laughs> just, that. It was just called Signorita. Yeah, but... Not La Isla Bonita. That's Madonna. <laughs> That's Madonna. This I... is going to annoy the Sorry, crap out of me. I shouldn't have brought this up. Oh, no. <laughs> it, I remember listening. here in silence. I listen, <laughs> the rest of the podcast is just silence until Nathan yells out, Signorita. Um, should I Google it for you? Please Google it, because if I turn any more devices on, my Wi-Fi won't work, so please do have a look. <laughs> All right, let's Google Harry Jellywell. And, uh, oh no, my internet's going slowly as well. Oh no, Nathan, we need to fill. <laughs> I... Initially, the album was titled <laughs> Innocent Girl. Mi- Michiko Latino, that's what it was called. Michiko Latino. That was okay, it, which yes. means my Latin boy. Wow. <laughs> oh, <God>. Genius. <laughs> my- might as well have called it Senorita. <laughs> Might as well have just called it, I don't know, Pablo or something. Oh, jeez. You're all, they're coming out with all the zingers today. All the Brexit zingers. <laughs> yes, initially the album was to be titled Innocent Girl, set to be released on the 27th of August 2001, but was released on the 1st of October uh, under her name. Uh, instead, Beckham revealed that she felt she had a lot to prove with the album's release, and she was quoted as saying, I want to prove I can sing and dance and have a vision. I'm really bearing my soul on this. Where? <laughs> I hope people like it. Uh, when I was with the other girls, I never did a lot of the singing, so this is the first time that people are going to see me and what I am capable of. Um, before we go any further, you're the animal Greenpeace expert, Jacob. Is this a panther or a jaguar on the cover? And what the fuck is the difference between the two? The difference is that they're different animals. I love that you got a little bit offended already. <laughs> I had to balance out for the Brexit comments earlier. I don't know, but whatever animal it is, it it looks really funny. It's sort of, it's like, it's looking at the camera as if to say, help me. It's just got this really gormless expression on its face. It just makes me laugh all the time. Uh, it's a very weird album cover. Uh, there's no, there's no lyrical themes of of panthers or jaguars throughout. 
I think it's a panther because it's black. I don't think you get black jaguars. So, well, you do if you're Victoria Beckham's dad, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> hey. hey, do you think that was a real photo shoot or do you think it's a edit job? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, she's still got both her arms, <laughs> so that might give us an indication. I, I don't know what the photo editing abilities were in 2001. So, I don't know. Was it made on MS Paint or something? I'm not really sure. <laughs> Sure, at Virgin Records, there was better <laughs> equipment available than that. I don't know. That is the backstory. Uh, we have got, what is this, a 10-track album? Something like that. And we are going to start off with uh, probably the best song. Um, sorry, sorry that we're blowing our load so early with uh, Dane Bowers and then this. Track one of Victoria Beckham, Not Such an Innocent Girl. Released on the 17th of September 2001 as the lead single, that was Not Such an Innocent Girl. It sold 36,000 copies in its first week of release in the UK uh, and about 80,263 copies. How is that about? (laughs) Well, Wikipedia is weird sometimes. Um, Altogether becoming the 163rd bestseller of 2001. It was about the 163rd bestseller of 2001. (laughs) It was was somewhat somewhat in the mix. It was between Um, 162 and 164. We know that much. (laughs) In the UK, the single faced competition in a hugely hyped chart battle with another um, pop classic, Kylie Minogue's single, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Uh, with the chart dated on the 29th of September 2001. I wonder if I was listening to Radio 1 on that date. It's what we used to do on a Sunday. I was four. Your ears didn't even work yet. (laughs) Can't Get You Out of My Head debuted at number one. It absolutely smashed uh, Not Such an Innocent Girl and sold 306,000 units. Oh, Christ. Is that the... Can't Get You Out of My Head is the long, white, sort of monastic Kylie Minogue, isn't it? I think it is, yeah, the the la-la-la, which (laughs) I'm never going to say again. Lots of la-la-las, yes. Good song. I like Not Such an Innocent Girl. I think it's probably about as good as we're going to get with this album. I've put, her singing voice isn't the strongest, Mel C, she ain't, (laughs) but hot damn, (laughs) this song is great. I really, oh, this song is great. Really enjoyed this. I because you talk about this. I think in the build up to this, you were talking about how much you enjoyed this song, and I was uh, always a bit uh, curious to see what you what you think is good. And uh, I put this on <laughs> and uh, was very pleasantly surprised. I thought it was an absolutely banging pop song. Uh, I thought it was very Britney Spears esque. I don't know if you got that at all. I had down uh, Whitney Houston's My Love Is Your Love album and Janet Jackson's The Velvet Rope were the two (laughs) things that I related this to. Okay, very, very different um, inspirations, but yeah, (laughs) fair enough, The Velvet Rope. Uh, Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was absolutely brilliant as a pop song. Really, really fun. How good is the bridge? (laughs) I'm not made of china, I'm not made of glass. So there's a Steely Dan song called Bodhisattva, which has to be the most Steely Dan uh, sounding 
song title of all time and they've got a lyric that's like the shine of your japan the sparkle in your china and i thought she was gonna say i'm not made of china i'm not made of japan <laughs> well according to patrice wilson what's the difference what is the di- what's the difference what where did what was that restaurant in the uh, it was mongolian restaurant mongolian. oh my god <laughs> i've uh the, i've got a lyric from this um I've got a secret rose tattoo I'm dying to show to you. And I've just put bum, question mark. <laughs> Did you just touch my secret rose tattoo? <laughs> um, and I, I thought it was great to hear the words cotton wool in a pop song. That doesn't happen very That's often. a good... It's not a very sexy substance, no. is it? But... <laughs> it's not really, um, is it? I always used to hate touching cotton wool. It's just give me the, give me the willies. Um, I wear cotton wool in my ears in the shower so that I don't get ear infections. <laughs> Fact. What an anecdote. I don't think I've ever heard the phrase kid gloves in a pop song as well. (laughs) What are kid gloves exactly? Are they just gloves? (laughs) Well, the phrase means like, don't don't patronise me, basically, I think. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just assume they're small gloves. Fair enough. Great way to start. Um, I think this is a three and a half for me. I've also given it three and a half. Yeah, I was going to give it three, but then your reaction was good, so I bumped up. Spoiler alert: This is the highest I've given anything on the album. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, folks. Uh, but yeah, I think I I can't believe this song isn't more well known because I'd never heard of it before doing the research for this. But I think this is really good. I don't see why this isn't you know held in the same regard as stuff like Kylie. And uh, and other such from other such sort of pop divas of the early two thousands to use a very antiquated phrase, but yeah, really enjoyed this. Very very happy, and uh, I would uh, like to see this nominated for Song of the Year at the end of the uh, at the Wilsons in twenty twenty two. I will happily add it to the spreadsheet, Jacob. Yes. Oh, yeah, I wonder if she she just doesn't talk about her pop career anymore because maybe she's worried it will affect her fashion fortune perhaps mm. um and we're gonna get to how long it has been since she recorded a song <laughs> in in a little bit um but before that track to a mind of its own A Mind of Its Own peaked and debuted at number six on the UK singles chart and sold 56,570 copies, becoming the about the 173rd bestseller of 2002, the best year in human history. Um, she loves at number six, str- doesn't she? she? Didn't she peak at number six with the other one? Oh really? Where did she? Is there? A... I think so. Um, I haven't got a I haven't got a number for the other oh, one. Oh, I thought she picked. Oh, never mind. I don't know where I got that from. So this outsold. Not such an innocent girl. I guess initially, yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, Interesting. The great British public. <laughs> well, not so great, but uh, yeah. Um, what do you say about this? <laughs> well, she. The weirdest thing about this song is she recorded a version in French. <laughs> Which translates as "My heart does what it wants to do." Oh, mon cher, that's as far as I can get. <laughs> Good luck, isn't it, mon cher? Is it mon cher? No, that's my friend or my love. Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> my friend. I want to bag you, but no more. <laughs> what is with the vocal delivery on this? What What is going on? Yeah, uh, she the... tries to it's... reach a lower register, but doesn't manage it, and then she raps, sort of. <laughs> It's not as bad as Robbie Williams rapping, but it is this weird speak singing thing. And I think we might as well bring this up now. Not the strongest singer is Victoria yeah. Beckham. And I don't mean that quality wise. I just mean her. She, she doesn't have a particularly powerful voice, which does detrimentally affect some of the performances, especially in some of the more emotional, quote unquote, lines because uh, it's just very, it, it's a bit sort of watery, her voice. It doesn't really pack a punch. The way this song starts is so weird. Stop, slow down, take a deep breath. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring out that voice so much in this podcast. <laughs> it's not brilliant. Uh, it's quite, there's nothing ostensibly wrong with it, but it's it's just quite boring. Uh, yeah, and also, my heart's got a mind of its own is a hell of a mixed metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a heart? Is it the mind? I don't know. It doesn't quite work. Um, Should I go with my head or my heart? Oh my god, I have both. Oh my god, my, in the same place. My, my heart has a head. What? But that <laughs> is my actual head. What's going on? Does her does her mind have a heart? I don't know. It's uh, it's not the best. Uh, I gave this two stars. Uh I'll give it two and a half. I was getting okay. into the chorus on the third listen. Not gonna lie. Um, very standard sounding, slightly country influenced pop song, Leanne Rhymes ish stuff. Okay. Uh, and with that, we're going to move on. A song that I have absolutely no time for at all, but does maybe contain the funniest lyric that we're going to discuss. That kind of girl, track three. Oh, don't care about your money or the car that you drive, because my affection is something you can buy. Got my suspicion looking in your eyes. This song frustrates me so much. Okay, I'm intrigued to see why. It's the vocal delivery. It's exactly the same as so many R&B songs from this time. So she's like, don't care about your money, you're the car that you drive. Yeah. Okay, now I can see that. Um, I find that line particularly funny because how much did your wedding cost, Victoria? It's <laughs> <laughs> the one I picked out. Uh, also, the, like the sentiment of this track is, isn't it basically exactly the same as "Not Such an Innocent Girl"? Like, 
I'm not what you think I am. My public perception is different to who I really am. It's kind of along the same lines, and this isn't the first time these themes will come up. So, did she just run out of ideas? I don't really know. It comes across as a bit repetitive to me. It is a similar concept, but just not very sexy. No. (laughs) The the phrase, not very sexy, will come up a lot on this album. (laughs) Because I feel like it had the potential to be quite a sexy album. It wasn't. It could have been so sexy. (laughs) Jacob, you were messaging me about this line earlier. It's a fucking funny line. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, Is this the drinking champagne from a paper cup line? It is, yes. (laughs) I didn't think that was that bad, you know. Like, she lists a bunch of stuff that she likes. They're all totally unrelated to one another. What is it? It's, it's, so there's champagne in a paper cup, Um, laughing while you're making love. (laughs) That's happened to me before, but it's the wrong kind of laughter. Oh, Nathan needs to Nathan needs to get on the Shay Lounge. <laughs> she says, "Do you like watching the sun come up?" And I really don't. Like, I just just I want to sleep. Like, what? Why are people obsessed with sunrise? There is a thing called sunset that's the same thing in reverse. It's just as good. Uh, when I was in Australia, uh, everyone got up for the sunrise uh, on Fraser Island, and I stayed in bed and I overheard one of the girls who was really pissed off with me for not joining them. Oh well, I guess Victoria Beckham isn't your kind of girl, as she outlines in the uh, in the song. Well, I what? couldn't think of anything worse than staying up till five a.m. Like, fuck that. Ever the romantic is Nathan Packham. Um, well, there's romance, and then there's just like my circadian rhythm that can't last past about one a.m. Except when we hang out and we well, say that we're not going to stay up past the time and then every night we're up till three. We're not fucking, just to confirm. <laughs> it's fine. This song is fine. Two and a half. I go for this. Uh, two. Yeah, fair enough. Nearly one and a half. Hmm. I want... <laughs> I wonder what the uh, the 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 mode average star review is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I have two suggestions. Um, two. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Two stars. <laughs> Yvonne is all over this. Yvonne, yeah. Head music reviewer at Pitchfork, Yvonne. A song I can actually get into uh, is coming up now. Like that. No, it shouldn't be like that. Like that, Jacob. There we go. There we we go. could do this all all day. <laughs> oh, the older that that is our Butlins routine nailed. First note for this is heavily R and B inspired, which I think just applies to the whole album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you scribble that out, please? <laughs> I have scribbled that out. Yeah, it's a, her offering some advice to a woman stuck in a bad relationship, uh, which is yeah, it's fine. Uh, I thought it was quite catchy. I like the hook. The hook's quite nice. Uh, you you agree? You disagree? What does that mean? I I agree. Okay. I mean the the I enjoyed the vague innovation with the string focused introduction. Yeah, that's true. I I want to say that's an oboe, but I'm not sure. It's probably no actual string instrument. It's probably programmed. But um, <laughs> we get some quirky instrumental tension between the string and the uh, the heavy percussion. The chorus is so good. <laughs> So good. Like the 
oh, just more percussion. It's like, no, it shouldn't be like that. Boom, boom. Oh, yes. This is um, this is a very Spice Girlsy sounding track. Yes, I think. this is a, this could have been a, a sort of deep cut on a Spice Girls album, um, but ultimately I don't think it's anything that special. Unfortunately, I think this is you're wrong. <laughs> this is on the groove now. This oh, is wow. on my playlist. Is it really? There's oh, wow. there's four songs from this album. No, there's three or four songs from this album on the groove now. No, it's um, four. Yeah, it's four. Okay, um, I uh, I yeah. didn't think much. Like I I think it was. I think it was good. One of the it's in the top half of tracks on this album. Uh, I gave it two and a half, but a high two and a half. It's not quite three. If we did quarters, it would be two and three quarters. But that is a dangerous. That is a slippery slope. Uh, and uh, I'm going to stick with two and a half. I think because it's not quite a three star song, but it's fun. If it came on, I'd have a dance to it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's anything too special. Think this is pushing three and a half for me. Oh my god! You think this is as good as Not Such an Innocent Girl? I think it might be. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, Not Such an Innocent Girl is just you know so far above everything else on this album for me. Um, I disagree. I could not disagree more. Jacob, please introduce the next song. I feel like I should, you know, after the wedding segment, you you deserve some some airtime. So, you. what have we got next? It's a uh, it's a sordid affair, Nathan. There's a bit of a uh... There's a bit of drama in this song. This is the really? t- this is the tension racked girlfriend. Phone rings at a quarter to nine. Some crazy girl is on the line. Looking back, I better recognize. Found my phone number in his tavern class and I'm like, what's that gotta do with me? Your man is the one who needs question me. start off uh, some uh, a big shout out to some lovely panning in the intro this sounds absolutely great in headphones uh, it as does it, as it goes from the left to right that was brilliant really really enjoyed that uh i picked up a lyric here um girl i wish you could have seen how your man was shaking me this sounds <laughs> this sounds violent I, I don't... you okay victoria do you like sipping champagne from a paper cup? I am the champagne bottle. <laughs> I am the champagne bottle. I... Uh, also, the uh, I think this is in like the pre-chorus or something. Uh, oh, no, I think it's in the actual chorus. I know that you love him, but you should have saw him last night. It should be seen him last night. Seen him last night, Victoria. Hey, it's R&B. It's seriously <laughs> urban. <laughs> but she went to school in Surrey. <laughs> Uh, basically, I like how much of a dick Victoria is on this song. It's all about. It's, <laughs> it's all about, sexy. It's so sexy. It's it's all about this woman who. Uh, what this? So this girl phones up Victoria after finding her phone number in her boyfriend's pants. I think. <laughs> I don't know how that's happened, but <laughs> she phones the the pants number up. You have pockets. <laughs> And she's like, oh, what are you doing with my man? And Victoria's like, oh, he's your man, is he? Uh, you know, it's good fun. I like this. It's got a hell of a lot more punch than anything else on the album. I really appreciate it. Jacob's this. got a semi. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lockdown's not been that hard. 
<laughs> Wee. Wee. Uh, it's not a straightforward love song, and I appreciate that. So I thought this was really fun. I want to shout out whoever programmed the drums for this song. Uh, they are bouncing all over the shop, as you said, in and around the bass, uh, Limp biscuit style, you might say. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, quite enjoy this song as well. The breakdown is amazing. I nearly had to uh, dance in the biscuit aisle in Morrison's <laughs> when I first heard this. There is not really a lot to report beyond it being a standard female jealousy narrative, but uh, decent stuff. Three out of five from me. It's also got three from me. It's probably my second favourite on the album behind the opening track. <laughs> Just all the sexy songs. <laughs> I like sexy music. Sue me. Oh, actually, before we move on, okay. there is an ongoing theme where Victoria is obsessed with the time and specificity <laughs> on this album. I have, so... I have a note about this in the next song. <laughs> so the phone rings at a quarter to nine. It's hardly like the sexiest of times, is it? <laughs> the phone rings at about quarter to nine. <laughs> And what quarter to nine is that? Is that like school beginning time or is that uh, just the least sexy time of the evening? Yeah, the the phone rang halfway through, eggheads. (laughs) Oh, I had only connect on and this bitch rang me. She found my phone number in her boyfriend's pants. And the next song also, I think, begins with a reference to time. (laughs) It does. (laughs) <laughs> this is Midnight Fantasy. half past 12 and i'm on my own is she being sexed up at noon or is it midnight (laughs) right okay so the song's called midnight fantasy opening line it's half past 12 it's not midnight then (laughs) do you think midnight (laughs) what it's just it's in the title um i've put it's a sex song that isn't very sexy I really like Midnight Fantasy. Oh, no! <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was very forgettable. Do you really not like the chorus? No, no. I gotta take you places that you've never been before. I come into your dreams, make you big for more at half past twelve. <laughs> I mean, I like that version. <laughs> that was great. Um, I haven't got much on this. Uh, apart, apart from the fact the opening line really irked me. The vocoder or voice box makes an appearance for not the first time on this album, yeah. so I'm all in for the uh, Victoria Beckham and Daft Punk collab <laughs> when they both start recording again. R.I.P. Daft Punk, yeah. Uh, they will be back to do an album with Victoria. <laughs> we will fund it. We'll add it to the long list of things we're going to fund. Also, um, didn't you say Victoria Beckham recorded a song in French? She did, yes. I mean... Daft Punk of French. That's a good point. I think uh, I think the groundwork has been laid. Um, it's fairly catchy. This song, nothing amazing. 
Um, do you want to talk about it some more before I uh, I ruin your life with my really low star rating? No, I'm good. Because <laughs> I'm going to take you please. <laughs> no, Two stars. Oh, I give it a three. Wow. Okay, it's not too bad. That's fine. Um, yeah, I just, right, you're doing the next one because oh, it's really boring. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes I am. This is track seven. We are whizzing through this. This is I Owe You. the orchestral opening blended into a more electro poppy opening that was very nice uh i've just put i wonder who this song is about <laughs> is it about cory heim <laughs> is it about david uh the line hold me like a baby that's when i suddenly i understand i've just got <laughs> images of david beckham just sort of cradling victoria am i allowed to say patrice here <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I've put this is pretty cookie cutter when it comes to pop ballads. Um, I've also put the most Spice Girlsy track on the album, which I'm not sure I agree with anymore. But that's all I really had to say. Um, it's, again, like very basic stuff. I think I probably could have written this if I tried hard enough. Not very exciting, not very memorable. As you put it, quite dull. <laughs> but nothing ostensibly wrong with it. Yeah, like you, I enjoyed the lush orchestral opening and it breaks down into a more spacey, futuristic R&B song. Uh, unfortunately, George Martin didn't produce that opening. I was hopeful that, that would be the case, but alas. <laughs> it's are all orchestral uh, things just produced by George Martin, according to you? They are. All of them are. They all sound like George Martin because <laughs> I've never really heard a classical song. <laughs> Even after he died, he still produces all the classical elements. <laughs> from the grave. If you are really into this song, which you can't be because nothing happens, um, there is a clip of her performing this, and I think she may have been performing it live on Parkinson. Wow. And I never could repay that look Could it get any more early 2000s than Victoria Beckham and Michael Parkinson? It's probably the only time I'm going to bring up your obsession with Michael Parkinson. You love a bit of Parky, don't you? I do, but I have also seen an interview with him and uh, Victoria where he straight up asks her if she's anorexic, oh. and that has not aged well. Oh, well... <laughs> Oh, the early 2000s. Um, I didn't know they did live performances on Parkinson. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, maybe um, maybe she got a free pen out of it. But yeah, Parky, one of the kings of British TV, chat show legend, probably along with David Frost. What a ledge. He's still alive. Uh, absolute national treasure. Just talk about eating disorders in a more sensitive way and I'll forgive you. If you're listening, Michael, now now's your chance. Uh, yeah, two stars from me. Uh, what did this get for you? One and a half. One and a half. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, fair enough. It's quite dull. Do you want to talk about the next one with its edgy spelling? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, No Tricks with an X rather than a CK. No Tricks, No Games. Uh, is something no one should ever do, but Victoria is employing it here. An absolute classic naughty's phrase there. Uh, Weird to include this in the bridge, I thought. Uh, (laughs) Then I put, did Victoria invent this phrase? I doubt it. (laughs) I'm mainly trying to talk about the phrase because not much happens on this song. Yes, this is a... Did we say the word standard again? (laughs) A standard... R&B song, treat them mean to keep them keen, or just, like, be nice to each other, or if it doesn't work, stop going out with each other. That doesn't rhyme. Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? I did find... That's the Allen Ginsberg version of this song. (laughs) I did find it funny that uh, after, I think, three songs about talking about how she's not how she first appears, we then get a song where she says that she's exactly what you see. Make your mind, <laughs> yeah. make your mind up, Victoria. Come on, it's it's the narrative arc. It's the concept <laughs> album. We we've got another specific number. Do Did we you get this down? No. <laughs> make your heart beat at one hundred and thirty-four beats a minute. What is that? I'm going to Google that and see what you, what would happen if your heart beats at one hundred and thirty-four beats per That's minute. That's uh, isn't that a jog? That's jogging pace, isn't it? <laughs> Or is that a sprint? I don't know. Let's find out. I thought a sprint was like 180, or is that like heart attack? I I can tell you it's higher than the uh, resting heart rate for a a child over 10. (laughs) Um, Let's try (laughs) pulsevital.com. This this is gold. (laughs) Why 134? Oh, I don't want no, I don't want to add chrome. No, it's bad. It just says your heart rate of 134 is therefore too high. Okay. But that's in a resting. That's a resting. Okay, yeah. right. That's that's okay. So they're um, banging, so it's fine. <laughs> uh they might be suffering from emotional stress. <laughs> low glycogen levels. <laughs> or uh or smoking according to pulsevital.com. Thank you. We're really trying to get content from this album, aren't we, Nathan? We, we quite... are. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Victoria likes a ciggy. I mean, I could see her very demurely on the balcony. Oh, absolutely. Having a ciggy. Absolutely. She Which would be a fashion. shame because she's a very good looking person. So, uh... 
She works in fashion, darling. Do you know what we call cigarettes in fashion? Lunch. <laughs> you almost were Brian Epstein there. <laughs> I gave this two and a half, but I think that might be because I've overused two stars and I didn't want to give this two as well. Oh, this is a two and a half for me. <laughs> okay, okay. It's quite upbeat. It's it's fairly catchy, which which is which is better, I think, than the slow boring. It's better to be fast and boring than slow and boring. Is it? It's, it's how I live my life. And uh, we're eighty percent through this album, and I don't think we've had we've had anything worthwhile to say. <laughs> Moving on to a song that I have very few notes for again. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and I le- legitimately can't quite remember how this goes. <laughs> I wish. remember how this goes it's like did it did it did it did it it's like some staccato in there do you know what i've got I've, my phone's on flight mode but i have got this downloaded so i'm just are going actually, to are you gonna play it now? i'm gonna just play it so i can remind myself how <laughs> this, this goes is, this is so cheap oh that's the wrong it. song oh no that's the right song <laughs> i couldn't even remember what the song was <laughs> oh yeah You've already made it way more interesting than it actually was. Thanks. Um, You're welcome. Well, this is just not memorable. Uh, We've got more specifics, though, uh, because she likes her man to ride a CLK 430, whatever that is, some substitute penis, probably. (laughs) It's a car. Yeah, I'm aware it's a car. <laughs> okay, sorry. Right, I see. Uh, but this directly contradicts the I don't care what car you drive lyric. <laughs> the narrative arc, the d- delving just, into the material the, where's world. Where's the structure, Victoria? Come oh. on. I've put that this track suffers from Cher's curse because we get some auto-tune on the vocal. I'm assuming most of her vocals on this were corrected throughout the album, but yes, yeah, sometimes it's more obvious than others. Oh, we're going to get sued. Um, well, are we going to get sued? That's obviously a fact. She has, you know, she, do, just she has she a weaker sing. voice. She has a weaker voice, and also we're at the point where technology would have allowed this to be the case. And also shitloads of money, so yeah. she can do what she likes. I actually quite like the auto-tune on her, on her voice, the more sort of overt auto-tune. I think this is very early noughties pop diva sounding, very sort of Gwen Stefani, Christina Aguilera, although nowhere near as good. I've put as my final note, is this one of the better ones on the album? If so, I can't really tell you why. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what did you give it? I would give this a two. It's just a two and a half. Like, does the job, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't really remember what the lyrical content is. The thing, we haven't really talked about the lyrics because they're all quite basic. Like, it's just it's either love songs or trying to be sexy or I left my phone number in your boyfriend's pants. Uh, that's those are the three. Threads Here's the time. Here's the brand of car. <laughs> 
No, I don't know why we said 10 tracks, Nathan. Uh, it's 12 track. Oh, it flew by. You know, yeah, absolutely really flew by. Yeah, I just said that because we're coming up to track 10 and I was like, I swear we've got more than this. Um, which is good because we, we we need more content. So, <laughs> do you want to take... Uh, it's sadly not a Gary Coleman tribute song. Um, what you're talking about. I remember talking to you constantly Because we were cool like that effects galore to start this one off still pushing for that daft punk collab um specificity central returns because one of victoria's favorite things to do with a date is watching a dvd (laughs) yep she also talks about phoning someone on their mobile rather than uh, their phone uh which dates this song very nicely exactly um, both both these things were the height of modernity when this was recorded if someone said this stuff to you now do you want to come round and watch a dvd unless well you've got that. unless you've got a collector's edition blu-ray buy it on <laughs> youtube or prime please it's what we do uh i read that this song was about jerry halliwell okay what because she, she doesn't know what she's talking about <laughs> it's it's about i think once you once you sort of assign that meaning to it, it becomes a "My friend got famous and changed" song. <laughs> so, because there's lines about there's lines about being fake. The whole sort of uh, hanging out watching DVD turns into "I'll meet you for lunch. The limo will pick me up at three. Uh, fucking this, time. Also, this motif doesn't work because she's also rich and famous. So it it's not like work. she was left behind. But I think if the Jerry Halliwell stuff is true. There's more subtext here than anything else on the album. So I have to give it points for that, question mark. I've put here weird synth sound introduced right at the end of the chorus. Uh, and I can't currently remember what that is. So you can have to, li- you have to listen to it again. Am I, shall I get my phone again? <laughs> this is a big, new ground has been broken. Oh, bad hang on. Here. I've got to find the this chorus. Is... <laughs> Just God. scrub through it. Um, right. This is great for the audience. Uh, this is all staying in, by the way. <laughs> We're definitely going to get... <laughs> We're going to get in trouble for playing. Here we go, I remember it now. Oh, come on. There it is. <laughs> was so worth it <laughs> that might bump the rating up i think <laughs> <laughs> it's a two and a half for me it's two and a half yeah i've also i've also put two and a half <laughs> perfect two stars terrible sequencing to finish off here because we're going to have two incredibly dull ballads <laughs> to finish off <laughs> the first of which is unconditional love
it's another song I can't really remember. <laughs> oh, no, the, the hat trick. It's a pretty soppy love ballad. She compares herself to feeling like a bird that's just learned how to fly. Um, <laughs> one... <just> so uninspired. <laughs> The opening line is, uh, you could give me diamonds, you could give me pearls. He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> 14 of them. 14. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like you said, it's just like, it's fine. I just, I, I my ears recognise that music is happening, but I don't feel, I don't feel a thing <laughs> when I listen to this because I could have written this. It's it's like I love you because I love you. It's like, okay, great. Also, there's a line that's uh, where she says, "I knew that I would love you right from the very start." Not true. You didn't know who he was. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Apart from that sticker album, you didn't know who he was. Looking at you tells me the best things in life are free, but it's also good to have a three hundred fifty-five million pound <laughs> joint net worth. Now, what, what, what? Actually, that they actually cut that line off. It's uh, the best things in life are three hundred and fifty-five million pounds. <laughs> they cut. Sorry, that's that's the that's the producer's fault. They cut that off too early. Again, nothing wrong with it. So there's not even anything to say, but just very bland, very skippable filler. I think, yeah, just filler really is the best way of describing this. All the interviews I've watched with her, she. She, she's quite witty. She's quite funny, which I'd never really realised before because I'm a misogynist. Um, but um, she tries to, and she does quite well at presenting herself as like a fully realised artist. And then you listen to the album, and you're like, the instrumentation helps you out quite a lot, and you've got about seven co-writers along with yourself on a lot of this stuff. It's like, what are you trying to say? with any of this stuff. <laughs> I love my husband. <laughs> That's what I might as well call the album that. But fair play, they've been together for over two decades now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very true. Yeah, <laughs> Through the strength of this album alone. <laughs> but it's... saying that, this song is like one and a half stars. Uh, I gave it two. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Shall we wrap this up? Yep, the uh, the last song, Victoria's only foray into psychedelia, <laughs> at least at the start, uh, it's every part of me. excited for this one it sounds almost creepy there's like backwards instrumentation interspliced with the sounds of brooklyn beckham from home movie footage yeah. and then the song actually happens <laughs> i put that this song is factually accurate because her child is genetically 50 percent her <laughs> that's, so that's a when win. she when she looks at him she does see parts of her 
that but is true. every part? <laughs> well, no, that that is a lie. I gave this an extra half star because I'm a sucker for the kids. Uh, which rounds it up to two stars. <laughs> There's another two. It's a one and a half from me. Let's end. <laughs> I, I, I just to say a bit more. The baby noises at the start are, like you said, they they lend themselves to something quite promising, but. It's just nothing happens. And then the baby noises come in again at the end and the album finishes. That's the end of that. Thanks, Victoria. Wake me up when it's over. Bloody hell. I think there's a there's a Charlotte Gainsbourg song which has baby noises at the start, which is far... I mean, you know, she's a ledge and has one of the best speaking voices I've ever heard. Um, so shout out to Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Who is, of course, um, Serge's daughter, uh, Jetem, to everyone. Indeed, Jetem, indeed. Probably conceived during that song. Um, she wrote a. Uh, she she was on one of his songs called "Lemon Incest," which started all sorts of rumours. God, um, Serge, no. Serge, Jetem. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're trying to talk about other things because yeah. there's, no, there's nothing to say. Right, the album's ended. Let's get to the reactions. <laughs> I think on the first listen I gave it in the sort of low 50s but upon reflection I've given it a 47 but even I I think that's too high I think it might be closer to sort of a 43 or a 42 like a low two star because everything's just so boring. But better but it, than it, Lulu and Paula. Of course. Well, it's better than Lulu because I didn't want to pull my eyeballs out through my nostrils. There's more to say about Paula. You have to, you, you know, have to give it that. But, I, you know, Not Such an Innocent Girl was so good. I really enjoyed that so much. I think that does carry it up to... Uh, I mean, I can't give this more than 50. I can't say this is more than half perfect. <laughs> so I, I'll settle on 47. Why not? Why not? Who cares anymore? So I think, because I was gifted this by a uni friend as a joke in my first year of uni. And I think at the time, obviously, I was fully into my I'm a music intellectual phase. Um, (laughs) So I think I gave it a 42. I would probably now, considering four songs are now on the Groove playlist, (laughs) I think a 49. I think that's where I'm heading. It's made up. It's made up seven points in... About seven years. Well, I've just become a sucker for normal stuff, so... Yeah, that's true. I mean, you did give Emma, Emma Bunsen five stars. That's such so. a good song. Um, <laughs> can you do the really sexist NME review? <laughs> I ha- This review was just was just personally horrible towards Victoria Beckham. Yeah, um, it's two out of five, <laughs> again. <laughs> um, the, the quote is, she's... Open quotes. That luckiest girl in that world. I'm trying not to laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> I'll say that again. She's the luckiest girl in the world. A quid for every mile to the sun. A vaguely coherent husband. The ability to reproduce <laughs> must be heaven. <laughs> uh, they also called it a new low in sh- shameless pop slaggery which I don't feel comfortable saying. And if she's to avoid becoming the new Edna Everidge, Posh Spice needs to take it up a class. 
What does that mean? That refers to the Barry Humphreys character. Yeah, no, right? I know who I know yeah. who Edna Everidge is, but what is that? What are they saying that she's a man in drag? Is I, it, I uh, do... am I am I courting controversy here by lingering on this uh, on this it's quote? Just a warped sexist review from the NME. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just don't I don't understand it. I'm not I'm not offended because I don't understand. Do you want to do a slightly better review? Yeah, this all music review I felt was more of a two and a half than a three star, but they did give it three stars. They said. If one feels that Beckham isn't trying to be a genuine artist and that she is merely attempting to do her best as a singer, then this collection of overproduced yet strong songs is a pleasantly enjoyable set. Strong However, songs. <laughs> However, as a fully-fledged artist, Beckham has failed since her own songwriting is lacking and her voice is secondary to the music. Basically, what we've said, we should be the reviewers. <laughs> um which drowns her out in parts. It's all about perspective. Fair review. No sexism. Um, (laughs) It was perfect. (laughs) Two stars. (laughs) Where's Yvonne's review? Uh, Yeah, that's fair enough. I think you are right. It's more in line with the two and a half. But like, there's not really anything bad to say about it because there's nothing to say about it full stop. (laughs) It's just... um, it's just an album. It is It is a music. She did a music. Do you want to take BBC Music? Yep, uh, BBC Music put uh, Victoria Beckham, and then in uh, parentheses, the album that is, as opposed to the woman, is a mishmash affair of gushy... <laughs> you read it as the woman, oh no. <laughs> it's a mishmash affair of gushy sentiment and wishy-washy R&B. Uh, the... <laughs> The album reached number 10 in the UK album chart. The album cost a reputed 5 million to produce, <laughs> which if we're counting as 10 of their weddings, it sold a modest 50,000 copies. It was the strings on like that that cost 2 million at least. <laughs> well, they had to get George Martin in. So yeah, it did. He's um, not cheap. Number 10 for a Spice Girls album. That is bad. Yeah, I mean, considering that the rest of them, are, like I said, Halliwell had scored, I think, three number ones by this point. Emma had got a number one. Uh, Mel C had, I don't think she'd got an, her own number one, but she definitely featured on a lot of tracks. I can't really speak much for Mel B, because I, I know very little about her, unfortunately. Oh, I think I hear the bad things door knocking. <laughs> the siren is blurring. So, yeah, definitely the week is showing. Uh, if you were a Spice Girls fan and you were eagerly waiting for this, I can't help but feel you would have been slightly disappointed. <laughs> Maybe you would have said, no, it shouldn't be like that. Beckham was reportedly dropped by Virgin Records along with fellow Spice Girls, Emma Bunton and Mel B. See you later, no, guys. five-star five Emma Bunton. But the statement from her publicist denied those reports, stating no one has been dropped, the Virgin deal has come to a natural end and both parties have decided not to continue. Um, she then signed a £1.5 million deal with Telstar Records in 2002. In 2003, she began recording an electropop-influenced album, Open Your Eyes, and chose Let Your Head Go as the first single. Let your head go, let your life
This is such a Kylie pastiche. I was loving this. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. I uh, I really enjoyed this. A lot of fun. Uh, and the wedding throne returns for <laughs> yes, the video. In the video. I thought the video was fantastic. The video was great. So, so self-deprecating. So So funny. Uh, Really, really shone her in a very positive light, I feel. Uh, And yeah, the song's really good. I think the song's very catchy, very upbeat, a lot dancier than anything. Well, (laughs) most of what's on her album. And uh, yeah, very, very good song. Very, very good song. Yeah, I guess that, you know, you could call back to Rebecca Black here in that she is happy to revel in her reputation. Yeah. Um, and always good to see Victoria Beckham uh, with a towel on her head. So that was fun in the video. I enjoyed how this video ends where she flips the two-fingered salute and it turns into the V from VB, <laughs> yes. Victoria Beckham, which is yeah. genius. Oh, yeah, a lot of the interviews you could just tell under her breath she's like, fuck this. Like... <laughs> I don't need this. When the album was finalised, Beckham was disappointed with the result. What? <laughs> what? Um, There's not enough just... uh, noises of my son on the album. so uh, <laughs> Put them in. Romeo's been born now. I've got like two more now, so <laughs> we could just bung those in. Um, so she decided to return to the studio to record uh, new material. She wanted a more seriously urban sound. <laughs> And worked with the producer Damon Dash, co-founder of Rockefeller, the Jay-Z label, to work on the R&B and hip-hop influenced album, Come Together. (laughs) A Dash produced track, It's That Simple, featuring M.O.P. Yeah, I've got no idea as well. Um, Premiered on radio stations in July of 2003 as a promotional single. Let's have a listen now. got into this one as well uh, yeah. really good undulating horn line and organic drums there's obviously a sample in here somewhere I don't know what it is but um, great stuff and the vocals a little bit better Yeah, I, uh, I love the feature on this uh, from MOP which stands for Mash Out Posse I did some research uh, apparently they, they, uh, they work a lot with um, a guy called DJ Premier who is apparently uh, very well regarded DJ in the world of hip hop. Not my forte, so I can't speak for it, but like, where was the energy <laughs> on the album? Neither of these albums got released. What could have been? Yeah. We're heading for a three and a half star. I feel it. Mm. 
Very um, odd to have two albums on the go <laughs> and none, neither of them get released. Because <laughs> obviously the infamous example here is, is uh, uh, Let It Be Abbey Road, where a band goes off to make something because they're not happy with something they're already making. Both those got released. <laughs> it's just sort of the inverse of that, where neither of them got released. Or the uh, Beach Boys Smile, which got repackaged yeah. by the prick Mike Love into <laughs> Smiley Smile, uh, with essentially the same songs, but Mike Love uh, took more control. Uh, <laughs> screw you, Mike Love. <laughs> Are you saying that we're going to eventually get the Come Together Sessions uh, in about 50 years' time? <laughs> yeah, uh, seven disc raw, set. Yeah, all the raw, unedited bits of Victoria just screaming at people. I'd, I'd buy it. Uh, just so we don't get sued, I don't know if Mike Love is actually a prick. I'm just jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> Beckham's first single with Telstar was a double A side. <laughs> yes. Uh, Let Your Head Go, which we talked about, and this groove. Released on the very strange date, the post-Christmas date of the 29th of December, followed by heavy promotion and many TV appearances, uh, one of which I watched, I think, on CD UK uh, with Cat Dealey as the oh, wow. interviewer. Did uh, did C did the CD and CD UK stand for Cat Dealey? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it did. I never thought about that. We start off with phone. Is it phone sex? David's in uh, in in LA, <laughs> or she's in LA recording this double album. <laughs> yes, I've put this is way sexier than the sex song on the album. Absolutely. There's a video for this, and Victoria does a lot of uh, wiggling around on a bed and touching her hair, as was the style at the time. Indeed, uh, this song interpolates uh, um, the system's Don't Disturb This Groove, which was a classic on R&B chronology <laughs> in my student radio days. One of my favourite R&B songs of the 80s. So Victoria was weighing up which one of these to release. Uh, she decided to go with whatever sold more and neither of the albums ended up coming out. <laughs> the financial problems of the record company got the better of them. The release of the album was postponed and I don't think we're ever going to get to hear it. Um, no, in 50 years time, Nathan, the come together to the vault. sessions. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. Beckham's final try at a solo career was the announcement of a new single, My Love Is For Real, which doesn't sound great. Um, slated for a summer 2004 release, but in April 2004, Telstar announced bankruptcy <laughs> and Beckham gave up music to focus on her fashion career, where she has made fucking loads of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, suck on that, I suppose. She is... It's such a huge name in the world of fashion uh, to the point where I often forget she was ever a singer. Not in a nasty way, just uh, you are so much well. I mean, she's been she's been more famous and more successful in fashion than she ever was in the world of singing for like for a longer period of time. And I think in terms of revenue as well, 
in terms of like, especially as her as a single entity, because she was not pushed as the main focus of the Spice Girls. But this, like, this is all her. It's, it, this is all her own work, and she has absolutely smashed it. I would think she makes what this album made, maybe in a day. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's probably make what this album cost to produce in a day. Uh, so in 2007, a new song, the hip-hop-inspired Full Stop, featuring the rapper Nas. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't you know are. enough. You uh, thank you. Uh, sorry to all you Illmatic fans out there. Um, was leaked on American radios, and the media reported that Beckham would release it as a single, but nothing happened. <laughs> she and loves not releasing things. She has now uh, not re- seemingly not recorded music for fourteen years. <laughs> just, uh, just to say about full stop, another great song from what I heard. Really enjoyed that. Uh, the rap verse also features the word myriad. Which, oh, uh, yes. which I've never heard that before in a rap verse. So there you go. Easily one of my favourite songs about punctuation. <laughs> when uh, when we make it big and we see her at an award ceremony, Jacob, we will press her uh, to release this or to invite her us round to uh, Beckingham Palace so that we can <laughs> listen to uh, both of these unreleased albums. Yeah. Basically, the second act of her solo career, which never actually took off, was said to be a hell of a lot better quality-wise than the debut uh, act. At least we got Let Your Head Go and that hilarious video. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, I, very odd. I, I I don't quite know what happened there. Um, I, I have put in my notes, you know, like, why wasn't she a better pop star? Um, but I guess financial issues at the label and, and bad timing and various factors beyond her control, but... You know, I suppose in a way, thank God she didn't pursue the music career because then maybe she wouldn't have devoted enough time to the fashion stuff and that's worked out incredibly well for her. So, you know, it's a weirdly nice ending, I think, for Victoria Beckham. Uh, although, let's be honest, it was never going to end badly. She was minted to begin with. so She could have lived off the revenue of Wannabe for the rest of her life. <laughs> yeah, and also... She was married to David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, a Rebecca Black-style uh, uh, redemptive arc, although a lot more money <laughs> just straight away <laughs> in this one. Uh, fair play to Victoria Beckham. She seems like a really witty, proper funny person. Love how demure she is uh, in interviews. Good on her is how I'm going to sum this up. Please never do another ballad, though. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Would you call this album a bad thing? I don't think I can. No, me neither. <laughs> it's just not interesting enough to be bad. She's escaped the Ultimate Bollocks Award. Hey. So we're going left of field for the next episode, Jacob. We got people to vote on uh, musical films. <laughs> and what did the uh, the great Bad Things Universe decide uh, we should review next? Nathan, for the first time on this podcast, we are reviewing a film I have already seen. I watched this when I was a teenager, heavily into my rock and metal phase, and I seem to remember really enjoying this film. So let's see how this goes in retrospective. It is the film musical adaptation of the hair metal jukebox musical Rock of Ages. Does the song Rock of Ages by Def Leppard actually feature in this film? No, 
but lots of other songs by the likes of Bon Jovi, uh, Poison, uh, who else we got? Foreigner. I think there's about three Foreigner tracks in this. (laughs) Journey. There's a Journey song in here. I wonder which one it could be. Uh, Ario Speedwagon. Oh, this is... All the songs. Nathan Loves are going to be in this film, and I can't wait to just hear him slowly disintegrate over the course of two hours as we get to grips with an all-star cast, to be fair. Russell Brand, Alec Baldwin, Julianne Hoff, I believe, is in this film. Tom fucking Cruise is in this film (laughs) in a singing part. I cannot wait to get to grips with this. Nathan, how much are you dreading this? I the reason people have voted they they vote for this for two reasons they want to torture me one and they want the comic value of you going back and look, looking at your decisions as a teenager <laughs> maybe I can unearth the DVD copy of this that I definitely owned I mean glam metal corporate rock and Tom Cruise fuck this. <laughs> And Catherine Zeta-Jones is a dominatrix, so there's something for everyone as we review Rock of Ages. Well, though, that's uh, that's your choice for uh, the next bad things. Uh, we'll be getting to that. Uh, when will that be? God, I've lost track of time. Is I that May? That's, that's May. That's May. We'll be there in May. Um, but for our June episode, my birthday month. Oh, um, oh and yours. Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean so much to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, we are, I've I've gone very specific with the next music poll. Uh, the title of the poll is Rock Does Groove, which is a segment I used to have on one of my student radio shows. Another opportunity here for me to lay into classic rock and pop artists who produce some truly tripe works when experimenting with African-American sounds and rhythms. Does that get you interested, Jacob? I'm very interested in... uh, There's one particular uh, album on here I'm very interested. I really hope that one wins. I won't say which one to swing the vote, uh, because I'm not you, but... uh, I will be. (laughs) I know. Option one, Hot Space by Queen. Mm. Um... Okay, maybe I lied because I am going to let the cat out of the bag now. I quite like quite a lot of this album. Um, Critics savaged this album on its release, but if you were going to make me listen to Queen, outside maybe Radio Gaga, this would be the set of Queen songs I would go for. Vote for this if you want to hear me actually defending Queen's foray into disco. I think you've heard this album as well, Jacob. Am I correct? I've heard bits of this album. I, I grew up as a big Queen fan. Uh, the Greatest Hits 1 through 3 box set, I think it's the first CD I ever properly bought. As or... did everyone. <laughs> exactly, as did everyone in Britain, yes. I think it's going to win, and I want it to win, is what I'm going to say. I'm doing a Trump. <laughs> no, diplo- <laughs> find the votes, everyone. <laughs> find the votes. Option two, one of the bastions of classic British rock. It's The Who with uh, their 80s album, It's Hard. <laughs> and uh, Nathan, what about what about the name of the album? Hey, I'm hard. What? Um, <laughs> oh, Christ. Dabbling their toes into the erratic pool of funk rock with mixed results. I'm looking forward to discussing Eminence Front with Jacob if this wins. Yeah, when I uh, when I think think of Pete Townsend, I think of funk rock. <laughs> That's, uh, he's well, a funk, it's, he's a funky man. It's good you don't think of his various legal oh, battles. Oh God, now we're gonna get sued. <laughs> Option three: uh, 
Elton John, uh, are you ready for love? Are you ready for this album? Victim of love. Have you ever wanted to hear an eight-minute disco version of Johnny B. Good? Then vote for this album. Oh, that sounds fucking awful. <laughs> oh, God. I kind of uh, want this to win now because I really <laughs> want to hear that song. <laughs> I listened to it just to check it was as bad as, as I was oh, expecting. And it is. That's dreadful. <laughs> Um, and option four, if you're not going to vote for Queen, please vote for this. Um, <laughs> it's uh, everyone's uh, favourite uh, sex slash creepy god, Rod Stewart, uh, with his album Blondes Have More Fun. After fleetingly mentioning uh, this during one of our extra bad episodes, we can finally have a full discussion of, do you think I'm sexy? Should we dance to it at a wedding disco? I think we should. <laughs> Um, other titles include Ain't Love a Bitch and Attractive Female Wanted, so Rod's on top form. Oh, Christ. It's the housewife's favourite. Get your footballs ready as we, <laughs> we we kick good taste into the crowd and watch it disappear forever. Oh, my goodness. Four absolute... I would go as far as to say legends in the world of music. Are they all British? They are. Yeah, bloody good, that, as well. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> British here on Bad Things. Uh, so, yeah, the Bad Things Brexit edition is coming soon. Uh, hopefully the winning thing wins by 52% of the vote because that will make me very, very happy. Don't want to toot my own horn, but it's a stonking poll. Um, <laughs> Don't want to toot my own horn, fun. but I'm going to. <laughs> oh, I'll have more fun. Um, <laughs> right, that is it. We've somehow got quite a decent length of episode out of Victoria Beckham's debut album. Jacob, thanks once again for your passion and your research. Uh, that was really fun, and one day we will dive into the vaults and find uh, VB's lost albums. Can't wait! It's going to be uh, it's going to be absolutely huge when uh, Bad Things Records gets underway. Owen Quigg's second album, the two lost Victoria Beckham <laughs> albums, and uh, the Grease Two soundtrack live. It's going to be incredible. But thank you, Nathan, once again for guiding us through what turned out to be not a bad album, but just a meh album right it's time to say goodbye here on bad things thank you for tuning in oh my god we haven't done social media where can oh people that find we're us, bad at, we're bad at this aren't we uh yes we <laughs> we are on facebook uh bad things the podcast we're on twitter and instagram at bad things pod thank you so much to becky stallworth who does all our amazing artwork if you are listening to this you will have no doubt seen the incredible statuette that she created for the Wilson Awards. Absolutely in love with that. Uh, please go and check out our Facebook and Instagram for that. And we've started a new tournament Nathan that we'll be running I think we'll have been running for quite some time by the time this episode comes out. We're doing Corp Hop in uh, in honour of your Corp Rock tournament. These are some corporate hip hop tracks, well hip hop in inverted commas, that are devoid of any sort of passion or soul or street cred. The likes of Dizzy Rascal, the likes of Chipmunk, I think, is in there. Will I Am is in there about 400 times. Uh, I think we had like Whip My Hair by Willow Smith. 303 Starstruck is in there. So, all sorts of bollocks. And we want to find out what the ultimate one is uh, to join the Pantheon. I believe it was it Starship that won the uh, Corp Rock tournament. It was, yes. Yeah. Uh, my second choice, so I was happy with that. <laughs> What's going to join that in the pantheon of Corp blank tournament winners? You decide. Head over to our Facebook. The posts go up every Monday and you vote by 
giving it a little thumbs up or a heart depending on your preference so please do check out we've got loads of great stuff on social media uh, and uh, that's where you can find the links to all the episodes we're on Acast and Apple Podcasts if you want to give us a listen uh, please leave a review on Apple give us five stars <laughs> don't do an Yvonne don't say we're perfect and give us two stars we want the full five thank you ever so much for listening we, we really do appreciate it and we'll be here next month and we hope to see you too and with that and Yvonne it's a goodbye from Jacob it's a goodbye from me this was a perfect episode two stars and it's a goodbye from me Nathan Packham remember guys to stay bad and never ever give up on middle of the road R&B ballads see you later